you're listening to Turn On The AC. I'm Anna. And I'm Alex. Today's guest, everyone, is Lily Rain, hailing from the creative capital of Providence, Rhode Island. She's recognized as a triple threat because she can sing, rap, songwrite. I consider that the Holy Trinity. But basically, she doesn't want to be placed in a box. But when you do listen to her music, you can definitely hear the melding of hip hop and R&B. And she basically caught our attention on Sleeping on Gems. They released her single, Pink Lemonade. Great song, by the way. And ever since then, she's been giving us some great late night music to kind of just bop around the city to. So we're going to play a clip of Pink Lemonade. Check it out. If I got time, I'ma fall through Lately I've been running around, I can't call you, yeah If I switch my schedule, baby, can you imagine? I be doing things only you can imagine I be out of town All of my best, smoking on gas, all of my past. Put on that dash, focus on cash, so I can't lay. But you know I, I can't trip on that. When I hear your phone, you answer back. Okay, so jumping right in, we are curious why Providence, Rhode Island is considered the creative capital. And do you feel that way? You're from Rhode Island and you, you currently live there? No, I live in Atlanta right now, but I was born in Maryland, moved to Providence when I was like four months. So I'm basically like born in Providence, but Providence creative capital because we have like one of the biggest art schools in the whole world called RISD, Uh, rest in peace Virgil, but he really fucked with RISD, Rhode Island, Rhode Island design. Because it's called yeah. the name of the school. But cool yeah, it's like a really lit school. And we just have like, it's just so much cultures out there and so much different people and different classes all mixed in one. So it's just like, how can yeah. you not be creative, you know, with yeah. all the inspiration around you? Totally. Do you feel like your your musical identity is kind of tied? To Rhode Island, we know you have an EP called Road Girl, spelled R H O D E, which I'm guessing is related. Yes. Yes. So, with that EP, so me, like you said, like I don't like to be in a box. So, with the EP, it was just like five songs of like different. I would say it's just me being me and in my feelings about whatever I feel. It's just a very diverse project for me so yeah a Rhode Island woman we love it yeah Rhode but Island I, woman <laughs> I did a little uh classic Google search because I was curious and Providence basically supports artists and gives them tax incentives so mm-hmm. that's really dope build on that artist community and kind of support like I never knew yeah. that there were states yeah. that even did that so me neither that's, I've yeah, never heard of that before they're really big on stuff like that. And also they have this spot out there. It's called AS220. 
And it's basically like, I don't, I don't know if you know Viola Davis, right? Yeah. She, of course. she, I think she's from Central Falls, but you know, she started off at ASC 20 and like that place is so monumental. I've done my first shows there. I've also hosted my first shows there as well. Like, you know, gatherings, like maybe like, you know, help friends out with events that they had going on. But yeah, cool. they're really Wait, so that's a, on. it's a music venue? Yeah, it's a music venue. Anything you can make it into. There's people that do art shows there. They do poetry nights. They just do a lot of stuff there for the community. I got to get myself to Providence. I've never been, but it sounds like a great place. I promise you would love it. <laughs> we always support any place that kind of wants to build on that artist collective and spaces that just support that overall. Have you performed Pink Lemonade there yet? Or we're very curious, like what the inspiration behind that track was and just mm. how do you even come up with a, a title called Pink Lemonade? Because that song's obviously not about lemonade. So... <laughs> <laughs> So I haven't performed Pink Lemonade there yet. I got some things up my sleeve. I'm about to, I really want to do a show in my city and, you know, headline and then have other dope creatives that I think would be a good fit for the show. But the name Pink Lemonade, where I got it from, it inspired by actually the beat fire ass producer. His name is Wolf. He's so fire. I worked with him a lot on... Even the previous song I dropped called One of One. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. It's fire. The name of the beat was called Pink Lemonade. And really, I just went in, walked on that mug. And I was like, damn, I don't know what to call this. And then, you know, it was the name of the beat. So I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to just call it Pink Lemonade. It made me feel like Pink Lemonade. <laughs> and I probably was drinking some tequila and some pink lemonade. I don't. Why not? It just made me That's feel a, like that, you know. A classic so, combination. That's pregame in, drink. Yes, but the inspiration behind the track is just like basically about like me leaving home and like you know leaving everything I have behind, you know, my lover at the point, and just like you know. If I come back, like, would it still be the same? Like, you know, it's like, yeah, would it still be the same? Like, if I switch my schedule, baby, can you match it? Like, you know, <laughs> really, like, yeah, it is so basically. hard to to leave home. I feel like Even, you change so much in that interim, you know, like next time you're yeah. in Providence, you're probably going to be like you said, headlining a show, performing, yeah, this total life change. Yeah. And how, how you bring that to the place that you knew so well at a different mm -hmm. time. It's, it's really great. Cause like me, I've always been involved in like the art scene in the community. Like my big thing is community and like how I grew up, like my outlet was, you know, being shit. Can I go to the studio? Shit. Like, I always want to be in the studio and like where I'm from, we don't really have like a market, I would say. We do now, it's progressing and I'm so proud of that now, but before we didn't really like, okay, there was only like two, ma 
two major studios to go to. Like there was times I didn't even know if there was even like, I didn't even know if like people can actually go in studios and record. Once I found that out, I was just like, okay, bet. Like I'm going to the studio. I'm going to pay for my studio time and I'm going to the studio. But like, we really did not have the resources like other big cities have. Like New York is three hours away. Like them, LA, you know, even like Atlanta, Mm -hmm. we don't really have that. So we kind of like have to network in other spaces for that. But you gotta be scrappy, but the best things sometimes come from that, you know? Exactly. And yes, like now it's been going crazy. Like everybody is like, you know, tapped in and, you know, everybody's following what they want to do, you know? So I love that, but it was a rough, it was a rough time for like creatives, but I do commend the people that provided outlets. There's this platform out here, out in Providence, but they do events. They're called Stay Silent and One of my first shows in the city, they had this installment called Homegrown and they had booked me for it. And that was like my first little taste of just even like performing on the stage. That shit was dope. Rewinding a little bit, even farther back, going back to you growing up in Providence Mm -hmm. at a young age, who was influencing you musically and in style? Mm -hmm. So my mom, she's like so cool. She's like so hip (laughs) to music back in her day. And like really when she would just be cleaning or like, you know, car rides, she would just play a bunch of like dope R&B. It's like from like Destiny's Child, Writings on the Wall album. She would play like a lot of Tony Braxton she would play Tina Marie. Eventually, as like I got older, like I started finding my own influences, like Kanye, Lauren Hill, Erica Badu, Missy Elliott. I wanted to be Missy Elliott so bad at one point when I was like eight. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be a producer. I'm gonna be a singer. This and that, all that. Like I wanted to be just like her. The swag, everything was it. I feel Aaliyah. like I still want to be Missy Elliott. Yeah, you probably yeah. still want to yeah, be like, Missy. I yeah. still want to be Missy Elliott. <laughs> yeah, she's fucking cool. Aaliyah definitely, just by the tone of her voice and how she, her style, like a lot of people are influenced by her. You can tell, but like I really loved Aaliyah. Like just the style, the production, which was Missy Elliott and Timberland, and just like the tone of voice, like how she would just get on records. Like I was just so in love and infatuated with her forever. No, I can tell yeah. like all the artists you just list- listed from your mom's influences to the ones you found are amalgamations yeah. in your own music. It's Yeah, I definitely. I can hear that. And isn't it cool how like the, <laughs> the random stuff that our parents played, like you said, when they're cleaning or in the car, just like seeps into your identity and you don't even like realize it at the time you you don't even realize it until like when you're older and you're like damn actually my mom was my a and r (laughs) low-key i love that like a true mom should be I mean, those are all such great influences. I definitely hear a lot of Atlanta trap. It's funny because people are like, 
trap is new to like the rap game, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, ATL trap has been around for a while. It's just finally now coming in, coming into the mainstream, which is awesome. But yeah, it's cool to see you also kind of meld that into your traditional R&B and hip hop. Mm -hmm. It's like the East Coast meets the South, you know, it's a crazy ass blend. Okay, but how... Would you feel if I told you it did remind me a bit of Party Next Door, but like, mm-hmm. I'm going to admit, you have a better voice. <laughs> you have a much better I love voice. party though. <laughs> I appreciate that so much. Yeah, I'm also influenced by party, even Drake too. I don't care what no one says, like Drake is that guy. Like he really made rappers be vulnerable and about their feelings and talk about their shit and cry to the songs. Oh, completely agree. I love that you brought up the element of vulnerability in Drake's music because we were going to ask about that tension that's like often present in hip hop between like a hard persona and being vulnerable and showing masculinity versus your feminine side specifically because we know you also have an EP called Femme. So we were curious, Mm -hmm. you know, your take on that in your personal life and in your music, how you kind of marry those two like tensions. I just call it being me, really. I'm, I could be a hard person, but I could also be a very soft person. So like, I just try to stay in between the two, but I'm more of like a softy, but I can also be very like badass, like just rebellious, you know? But the split between the two is just, you know, femme was like, that's how I was feeling. Like, that's how I was feeling at the moment. Like, I still feel that now, bits and pieces. Like, you know, just like different mannerisms. Like, you know, the fact yeah. that I said like 40 fucking times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like my hand moving. Like, I love it. You know, I got a little Literally. sassiness Literally, to me yeah. as well. Yes, but, rebellious, sassy. Yeah, yeah I, I do love that bad bitch, you know, just badass. I yeah. love that shit. You know who That's... I think embodies that? Well, Rihanna. Rihanna's also mm. a big inspiration. She totally does that. Definitely. Plays that walks the line of like always badass, but also cool and sweet and soft and femme. Good I feel way. like she's the true like. I'm not going to be put in a box. I'm going to be a businesswoman. I'm going to be yes. an international pop star. I'm going to do it all. And you're like, all right. Yes. As That's I sit on my couch, I'm like, what am I doing today? <laughs> Sometimes people will shit on Gen Z, but I respect Gen Z because it's like you said, you don't have to identify as one thing. Like they really support this kind of fluidity in life. It's not a choice of playing it safe and like knowing who you are every day. It's like, I'm multiple layers. It's whatever I identify with when I wake up in the morning or when I go to bed, it doesn't really matter. Exactly. And really that's just how I go throughout life. And I feel like everybody should go through life like that. Like you don't have to just be one thing. Mm -hmm. How boring is that? And I, I really feel like this generation, like our generation of music is so genre bending and like not in a box. Like I rarely mm. these days come across an artist where I'm like, they are strictly hip hop or like strictly alternative or whatever it is. Like everyone kind of is like a mesh of things and it makes for mm-hmm. way better sounds yeah. when it's not so tied down. You're listening to Turn On The AC and we'll be right back to our conversation with alternative hip hop and R&B triple threat, singer, rapper, and songwriter, Lily Rain. 
when you were like eight years old, you were worshiping Missy Elliott already. So did you always know you wanted to be an artist? Has that been like a lifelong goal? At first, when I was like younger, I wanted to be an actor. I really wanted to be an actor. I did like a couple acting class. I went to, I showed up to two and I was just like, you know what? This is too much. And then... <laughs> I was just always into music. I was writing songs. I probably like wrote my first song like when I was five. I was talking about chilling in the limousine. Like, oh my God. <laughs> like <laughs> I've always wanted to do music. Living mad luxurious. Yeah, mad luxurious. I just remember I was outside with my friends at the time and we were like in the backyard we used to love to like reenact movies so we would try you know reenact mean girls oh, and like we classic. would really believe we would really believe that like we were on set and shit was so crazy not to interject but i just mm-hmm. watched that movie again and i like it's so funny when you watch that movie you can remember every word to that film like yes exactly like, so i think so culturally many. pervasive everything it is is relevant from that movie. Mean Girls is my shit. But yeah, we like added our own little twist to it. And I was performing and I had to make a song. So like, I was like, yeah, let me write this. How cool would it be if you made like a song that like kind of featured cuts of Mean Girls spliced into like Past That Dutch by Missy Elliott. If you did a freestyle, that'd be, that would be legendary. I feel like. That really is dope. That's really a dope idea. Okay. A mean girl freestyle. I know. Alex, (laughs) you're replacing Lily's mom right now. I'm just trying to give the people what they want. Everyone needs a deep cut. (laughs) Mm -hmm. With a fresh twist. A little Lily rain on it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I even wonder, how do you even, as a parent, when you have a child, like, how do you even know when your kid is like, what they're going to be talented at, or, you know, what they're going to come up to you with I mean if my child came up to you being like I want to be a pro skater I would be like okay we're gonna do this I can't promise you're gonna see me on the skateboard but I guess we'll figure out yeah how to get you there I just have no idea well because also kids kids go through so many phases you know it's hard to tell what sticks or like what's real exactly like I want to be an actor I want to be an astronaut I wanted to be you know those people that don't think this is weird but I wanted to do like those people that perform autopsies. Oh, like a oh. like a forensic scientist. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. A medical examiner. What? Oh my yeah. well, okay. Not the yeah, that's kind of weird. The medical examiner piece. But I was in the realm, like detective-y science-y stuff. Yeah, I wanted to do that because like my family, like, they're like big in the medical field. Like my mom, she's a nurse, but now she's a occupational therapist. And then my grandma, they own my grandma, my grandparents, they own like this health agency. So like when I said I want to do music and not do none of that shit, it was just like, huh? Like what? You don't want to be a nurse? I was like, no. But you know, we still like we go through our phases of what we want to do until we figure it out and it just sticks. How do they feel now, your family, about your journey? At first, they were like, at first they did not understand it. They did not get it. But now they are like, okay. They see, you know, things happening and stuff. Now they're like, okay. Yeah. This is this is good, you know, we support you. But you kind of always got to prove your family, like, you know. Yeah. That's lifelong. 
That's interesting yeah. that you bring that up because that's kind of like the trending top. You know that Disney movie Encanto that came out? It's all about like intergenerational expectations and what your parents expect you, especially if they're like working hard, they're making money, supporting the family and kind of those expectations to kind of carry that on from the next generation and how it's, it's scary sometimes for your parents when you're like, no, I want to do something creative. Like, I don't want to necessarily know that like the job I choose is immediately going to be like that breadwinner role that's going to take care of the family. And it talks mm-hmm. about the constraints. I feel like Anna and I, we kind of experienced that too. Like my mom thought she wanted us to be a doctor. She wanted my sister to be a doctor. She told her, hell no. My sister was like, I want to be a paleontologist. And my mom was like, <laughs> I do not understand. Like, yeah. you want to look I- at bones all day? And she's like, yeah. I feel like it's so, so many people I've met, like, do the opposite of their parents, like, career-wise. Like, if your parents are, like, doctors, lawyers, or, like, professors or whatever, you want to do, like, arts and music and creative stuff and, like, vice versa. Like, my parents are doctors, but it's because their parents were, like, one was a jeweler, one was, like, had a wig factory, you know, it was, like, very different types of careers so then they like did the opposite of that and then me and my sister are now like the opposite of that it's interesting that's that's the rebellious spirit that i love you know as long as for the greater good you know just doing what the fuck you want to do yeah i mean i'm kind of pissed you didn't take on the wig factory because that's kind of sick to me like i would love to have access to like really (laughs) nice wigs but you know, know i'm not I'm not going to be mad at you, Anna. It's fine. I'm going to let it go. I know. Trippy. <laughs> I like need to dig more into that history of the, the wig so business. Cool. Yeah, because that's not like a normal thing people just say, though. Like, yeah, right, right. That's actually dope. We've noticed a lot of like Gen Z artists talking about reality versus like your digital self. Wondering how you feel about that, the tension of being an artist nowadays and expectations and like your social media presence and this digital world, how it's both helpful and hurtful. Like it provides access and a platform and like it can be really freeing, but it can also be toxic. So I feel like, well, before the pandemic happened, right? It was just mainly like, okay, you had to be digital, but it wasn't like you can still go out and do shows and sell out and sell merch and make a living out of it. But like now, like COVID forced us to run a Zoom call right now, you know, it's just we have to do this stuff. Like my management, they're always on my ass. You got to do more TikToks or you got to find out. And I'm just like, yo, I do what I do. Like I can get on TikTok. But I just want to do what feels natural to me. Like, I don't want to, like, force something. I don't want to do something that does not represent me or, like, who I am. I'm a very chill person, so I don't want to do, like, no shit that is just not cool to me, you know? So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, like, a battle. But, like, I feel like if you use social media as a tool, it can definitely help you out a lot, whatever you got going on, your business, your music, your platform, whatever you're doing. I think it can help out greatly because in this day and age, that's just what it is. That's, you know, that we have to use that stuff. So as long as you're not worshiping other people you don't know, we're like mental health. I'm very big on mental health because I dealt with mental uh, health issues. So 
sometimes I have to turn off social media because it's like I feel like I'm comparing myself and I shouldn't have to do that you know you just see things that you just want and it's just I'm not there yet you might drive yourself fucking nuts about that you might be going to depression about it and like sometimes it's not even that sometimes it's just like yo I don't need to hear how many followers do I have seven how many people I follow like okay maybe like a thousand people I don't need to see a thousand people opinions and thoughts all at once yeah and I don't need anyone to tell me who to be or who to cancel or who to listen to or that stuff that's going on social media I fuck with Instagram though like Instagram's cool it's just pictures (laughs) yeah it makes it simpler I'm not on Twitter I don't know how to Twitter is too much for me that I love Twitter I just don't have one I you have it. one, Alex? I don't have one, but I kind of poke around sometimes. Yeah. I like it because to me, like first to market in terms of like hot pop culture news breaking first on Twitter most of the time. So I do like the yeah. tea. I'm not going to lie. But oh, yeah. TMZ we love the tea. <laughs> we like the tea. I can't help it. But I will say it is so true. I just listened to a really interesting TED Talks. I was saying we now live like in an anxious society because of all this social comparison and the access to knowing what everyone's doing all the time and where they are. And it kind of will, it's like a hate and love relationship. It's like until we kind of know how to self-regulate and not mm-hmm. compare, which is kind of not possible for humans. It's just everyone's not. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, you know, people just need to be hyper aware that if we continue to feed into that addiction and that comparison, it will kind of perpetuate a really anxious culture. So I just wouldn't want to see it affect people's mental health down the road, truly. Exactly. Yes. Well said. Yeah, very well said. Well, as we wrap up, are there any artists that are currently inspiring you that you want to, you know, bring into this community that we're trying to build? My homegirl. Her name is Storm Ford. She's actually from Rhode Island, but she moved down to Atlanta. We moved at different times, though, but it's crazy how we both in the same spot. But she's an amazing artist, amazing artist. She just got signed to LVRN. I know she does, like, behind-the-scenes work, but she's also going to be coming out with her own music. So be on the lookout for her, Storm Ford. She's amazing voice. Just everything about her is just dope. Like, I really vouch for her. She's dope. We'll check her out. And you said you were cooking up some new things in 2022. Can you share any beats with us? So, yeah, I'm working on my second project. Like, that project is done rather than I say I'm already working on my second one. So I like to just, you know, always stay ahead of the game and always you know try to be consistent so that's true yeah that a lot of new key. music coming out this year though a lot of new music sounds like you're Excited. really cooking yeah cooking lots do you have yeah. a, a music vid accompanying that yeah single? coming out with the uh, single that's dropping yeah i haven't shot it yet I, I think i'm shooting it like maybe next week but yeah it's about to be fire can you invite me i love music videos i'm like obsessed i that's an- another dream job being a music video director and then someone's like you make oh, real really? money doing that and I was like okay well I still want to do it like who cares yeah, yeah. I love it sleeping on oh, gems visuals. just posted a a slew of like early 2000s music videos oh, did you see that today Alex they're so no good. I'm gonna look I'm gonna <laughs> I've seen that I've seen that I follow them too they post a lot of dope shit I yeah. love it too they really do 
that's how I discovered you. I was like on the account. I was just like, this is a fire song. I'm like, we got to reach out to her and get her on. So thank you, Sleeping on Gems. Thank you, you, Sleeping on Gems. Lily Rain is a gem, truly. Thank you for speaking with us. I know. Thank Thank you for taking the time. Thank you guys so much. You guys truly... I love what you got going on. This is very dope. And I appreciate you guys for having me for real. You just heard our conversation with Lily Rain, a triple threat singer, rapper, and songwriter who fuses alternative hip hop and R&B. You can find her Spotify by searching Lily space R-A-Y-N-E and her Instagram at Lily is Rain. For more information on our podcast, head to our website, turnontheac.com or give us a follow on Instagram at turnontheac. Thanks for turning on the AC with us, and as always, have a cool day.